Hey guys, welcome to the Culture Vacuum Podcast episode, not quite 50, but we're almost at 50. <laughs> Why didn't... Episode 48. Alright. <laughs> I was gonna say, then Then what episode is it? Um, who, who am I talking to right now? Who is this? Oh, uh, my name is Samuel, and I invented the concept of calling pets your children. Mmm, you... that's a good one. That's a, good, that's a hard one to the... pinpoint. I was the first guy to do that. No one else, everyone else said, this is my pet Mm -hmm. or my cat or my dog. And then I took my cat and I said, this is my daughter. (laughs) And and everyone (laughs) copied me. That was, um, you seem pretty aggressive with that cat. (laughs) That one. Um, my, my name's Calvin and, uh, I, you know, I, I, I created, I created the concept of adoption. You know, I'm just, uh. I'm a I'm an open soul. I'm an old soul, and I like to I like to help people out. So I'll I'll take that one. <laughs> Fun fact: adoption started as kidnapping. Oh, did it? Well, I mean, yeah, I would know. Yeah. I I did it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the American adoption industry uh, was a, was run off the uh, with a background of kidnapping, specifically kidnapping white kids, of course, because mm-hmm. uh, why not? Yeah. Well, anyways, this is the Culture Vacuum Podcast. <laughs> We're the only podcast with a streaming service. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, it's a streaming service called Culture Vacuum Plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to break some news. So you may have heard about the Jeremy Renner app. Remember the Jeremy Renner app, Calvin? No, I don't fucking... Every week. I need a... <laughs> so what you need to do... <laughs> I, I, live, I live a life now where I don't have the time I used to, to, to keep track of everything. And Sam, as you know, like, like so much news comes out every goddamn week. What is, what is the Jeremy Renner app? Go ahead and run that. So like two years ago, I was still living in Israel when this happened. Oh, two years ago, Jeremy Renner started his own app and it's basically a private Instagram feed where you can pay to interact with Jeremy Renner. (laughs) Haven't I heard? Wasn't there something similar to this? There was like an app where you uh, could get celebrities to like come to your birthday parties and stuff like that. Um, no, that's Cameo, where you like pay them to like send you a thirty second video. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Jeremy Renner. He starts this. He starts this app. Um, and when he first started it, the launch screen of the app, every time you opened it, would play his cover of House of the Rising Sun. Is <laughs> Maybe we'll answer the question as as we talk about this. Is he trying to make himself a meme? Is he doing this on purpose? Do you know? Unclear. <laughs> All right. Uh, please but continue. The app garnered a following over two years of dedicated renheads. That's what they call themselves. Fucking <laughs> renheads. Okay. <laughs> and uh, but eventually, uh, the rest of the internet found the app and. So what, they, they kept it quiet? What do you mean the rest of the internet found it? It's just been hidden this whole time? Yes. It, it was just like this niche little app with Jeremy Renner in it. And then at some point, a couple of journalists who like to start shit and and do it for the memes, mm-hmm. they, uh, they, they started spreading the word about the Jeremy Renner app. And... Uh, which was we- I thought this was going to happen as soon as it launched. I was amazed it only took two years. It took two years, but... I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm, that's what really gets me. Right? Is he's not? I mean, he's in a he's in the Avengers film. He's an Avenger. 
that's a you'd think that'd be a popular you know place to be in the social space and yeah. with the way that he's able to advertise this app you'd think that everyone would know about it but like you said what two years it's been this is the first i'm hearing of it so a couple of memesters uh started spreading the word it blew up on twitter and that's and then people figured out the app just uses uh your it's, it has a facebook integration to create your profile okay. so in theory if you create a fake profile on the jeremy renner app you will be able to uh and then you and then you if you create a fake facebook profile and you make your name uh, let's say Casey Anthony or Jeremy Renner. Yeah. You will then show up in the Jeremy Renner app as Casey Anthony or Jeremy Renner. <laughs> okay. I can um I can see this uh maybe progressing towards something not great. <laughs> oh, it, oh, it gets it gets amazing. So eventually the Jeremy Renner app uh gets invaded by all these fake Jeremy Renners and all the <laughs> All the real Ren heads are like, get out of here. <laughs> we don't need you. Yeah. Uh, Barstool Sports. Uh, oh, I hate them. Fuck but them. Yeah, I hate them. But the, sadly, their article has the best roundup. Are of you all kidding the, me? Yes. Of, of all the Jeremy Renner posts, uh, Internet Today, Elliot and Ricky, shout out. They also made a video about the Jeremy Renner app. So watch their video. But if you really want to like get the best selection of jeremy renner shit posts you gotta read the barstool sports article i didn't even know they wrote articles i thought they just stole videos off the internet uh it's you know it's when they're not stealing articles off the internet they are writing articles <laughs> okay but uh anyway so jeremy renner allegedly decided you know what the apps it's too much we're shutting it down mm-hmm. so he shuts down the jeremy renner app he and did uh, <laughs> he did he did that. Okay, and I am excited to announce that it was not because of the trolls. Culture Vacuum Plus has acquired the Jeremy Renner app. Oh fuck! You got, it comes back around. <laughs> so we get uh, we get the app. Uh, we get all the the art assets. Uh, do we get the the Facebook accounts? Uh, no. So we're just we we're just gonna re- rebuilding the app from the ground up. It's gonna be troll free. You know how we're gonna make it troll free? How are we gonna do that, Sam? Tell us. Tell the people. Everyone on the app is Casey Anthony or Jeremy Renner. You fuck. When you create your profile, <laughs> it flips a coin, RNG, mm-hmm. and you are assigned either Jeremy Renner or Casey Anthony. <laughs> that way, there can't be any trolls. RNG. <laughs> rng on a coin flip <laughs> now jeremy renner will be on the app but he will not be jeremy renner he'll Are be you martin fucking... shkreli okay well at least that makes okay okay <laughs> this is gonna be a a this is gonna be a b to c uh system of engaging our users mm. Uh, based on Jeremy Renner. So when you're not watching incredible content such as Jason Momoa's My Man, uh-huh. <laughs> you are going to be able to to interact with Jeremy Renner and Casey Anthony and the real Jeremy Renner, who again is Martin Shkreli, Martin Shkreli on yeah. the Jeremy Renner app brought to you by Culture Vacuum Plus. Absolutely. Absolutely you will. And our our um our Jason Momoa, he can see, unlike the other one, so... I mean, we we got that going for us. Uh, I, I was gonna yeah. I was gonna say, uh, do, can you can you explain the reasoning behind having Jeremy Renner be Martin Shkreli and and people 
possibly be Jeremy Renner and not have it be a, a pick between like Casey Anthony and Martin Shkreli for the average citizen and then Jeremy Renner um, as Jeremy Renner. You don't because Jeremy Renner gets to be Jeremy Renner every day, but you <laughs> don't privilege. get to be Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Except on the app. So this the app is the one place where you can be Jeremy Renner. Maybe. <laughs> or your Casey Anthony. <laughs> As we said, it's all based on RNG, and the RNG is a single coin flip that's done in real time by one of us. Yes, uh, every every single sign-up, we toss a coin. Mm -hmm. On one head is Jeremy Renner's gorgeous face, and Mm -hmm. the other head is a dead toddler. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) What I love about this, right... It's not like they're seeing the coin. <laughs> we don't we don't have to have such aggressive symbology on this coin. We just we, we do choose to. That's the way the coin's set up. We could use a quarter. Yes. We have a special coin for it. If you want to pay Culture more vacuum plus yeah. uh if there's an easier way, we won't do it. Absolutely not. I think that's our slogan. I, I wouldn't know I never updated it. It was too hard. <laughs> I got I got bored, I got lazy. <laughs> we are launching in 2069 baby so we actually have a confirmed date then that's good that's an improvement (laughs) at least we are launching we will launch before two we will launch before 2069 i guarantee it yeah we're definitely going to launch before the sixth avatar movie (laughs) whenever that happens to be before that we will launch i promise you or we won't don't worry we'll at least be in the trailers (laughs) because we care about you absolutely all right, so that so, is... So, <laughs> that's, that's a little bit Culture Vacuum Plus update. We have other news. We do. Yeah. So, uh, Calvin, there's this company called Apple. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, we're not talking about Disney this week. Crazy. I know, right? Fucking take a drink. <laughs> uh, Apple, they, they had their big iPhone keynote. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to talk about the phones. They're good phones, but they're not... They're not a new design, so people are going to shit on them. Yeah, you've seen the memes. If, you've seen the the yeah. pictures of people with frying pans on each of the uh, <laughs> on each of the cameras. Oh. The Death Star yeah. with its extra little hole bits. Yeah, yeah. The Splinter Cell. If you want an iPhone and you buy one of these iPhones, you'll be happy with it. You know, they're a good phone for your mom when she asks you what phone she should get. Just get an iPhone. Fuck it. Yep, that's what I that's what I told my aunt. She said, Samuel, my phone's dying. What do I get? Said, get an iPhone 11. Do not pay for the Pro. Or Don't a 10. Do it. Honestly. I mean, if, if you're just a casual user, just buy a cheap I'll iPhone. Can, <laughs> yeah, you can find a used 10. But, like, if you want a new phone. Sure. Yeah. You'll you'll be happy with it. It's it's not going to be. I, yeah, I overheard a guy. Someone. He was talking to, like, I guess his dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And his dad asked him about, like, an iPhone. And then the son went on a very long rant about how much he hates Apple. And I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. What a good son. <laughs> Just Do scream you at a, your dad. I, I guess that the the son was, like, an adult son. Oh. His, <laughs> come on. And his dad. I don't know what the question. I guess his dad asked him about like if he should get the iPhone. He's like, no, Apple's terrible. I hate Apple. I'll never do Apple. Apple bad. It's like, dude, calm down. <laughs> Man, he's he's like, you know what you can get instead of a fucking iPhone? Get get a Surface Pro. And he and he went with that. And his dad is very angry with him. <laughs> not yes, a his phone. Dad holds the Surface. He holds it to his ear. And <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing works. No, it does not work. It's not a phone. It it's not that great of a laptop. <laughs> Anyways, so the the iPhone announcements were today. Was there anything else? Was it just iPhone at this keynote? 
it, they announced a lot of stuff. So the reason we're talking about it here mm-hmm. is because they announced a release date and a price for Apple TV Plus. Oh, okay. I, I did not hear this, so I'm, I'm ready to have a fresh reaction uh, to this information. Okay, so Apple TV Plus is launching on November the 1st. Okay, yeah, I, I, that seems reasonable. Actually, a little bit Which sooner it, than I would have expected. Yeah, 11 days before Disney Plus, but uh, so they, they also announced uh, the launch lineup. It's going to have For All Mankind, which is an alternate history show where the Russians beat us to the moon. Oh, I like that. That seems very Wolfenstein. Yeah. yeah, a couple of kids shows, so who cares? Uh, <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> you didn't come here for that. C, which is the Jason Momoa blind people show. Mm-hmm. And they released a trailer for it. It looks, uh, they need to hire better trailer editors. But <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. So was it something where like the, the cinematography and the actual like framing and stuff looked fine, but then the editing was kind of odd? Yeah, yeah, no, like, the show looks very cool, and mm-hmm. the world building looks very well thought out, like another show we'll talk about later, but, uh, yeah, like, it looks like an interesting show, they just need a better trailer editor, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, they're also putting out the, the morning show, which is their prestige drama with Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell and Reese Witherspoon, which is about Matt Lauer getting Me Too, but they can't say it's about Matt Lauer, but it's about <laughs> Matt Lauer. Yeah, and his weird fucking lock button that he has under his desk. Can you fucking believe yeah, that, know. Sam? Who builds that? How do you... So, um, we're gonna... I'm diverging a little bit. I, I was thinking about what it would take to have that installed in your own office. You'd have to put in a request and face someone and say, I want a button that's gonna let me trap people in my office at will. What a fucking loser. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think either it was, like, legacy from when they... From, like, when he got that office, it was just there. It was just in the and office installed were, already? I think a bunch of offices had it, and then during renovations, they got rid of it, but he specifically asked to keep his. <laughs> That's what I remember hearing. That might be complete BS, but also I don't care, because oh Matt God. Lauer is a bad person and a bad journalist. Anyone who has a button under their desk that is used to trap other people in their office with them is probably not someone you should trust. But anyone who has a button on their desk to track to trap their co-host in a different state in their house mm-hmm. is A-OK. Yeah. Speaking of which, Sam, uh, would you mind unlocking the... Yep, it's still locked. It's still locked, Sam. So you you haven't unlocked it yet. I'm still here? We're going to finish the podcast, Calvin. Okay, fine. It's just, it's getting warm. Um, You didn't turn on the AC. You said you would. That's not running. So, you, you know, I need I need water, at least. You left a hot coffee here. Sam, Calvin, it's, it's boiling hot sw- in the cup. If you, Calvin, it's if you sweat, you can just drink your sweat. It's a cycle. Okay, all right. You have kidneys for a reason. You took my kidneys, Sam. <laughs> Last week, you fuck. These these millennials, you're so entitled. Ah, okay. Anyways, you know enough about me. I know I talk about my personal life too often. I get your emails. I know. I I, I know I'm too personal. So. I, I I won't I won't stay on this. I won't kick a dead horse, you know. <laughs> uh, so they, they also there's a show with uh, Emily. It's about Emily Dickinson, mm-hmm. but uh, it's like it's like a sort of like historical fantasy about her. Like the it's about Emily Dickinson, but there's like some kind of like a modern context to it. The trailer is interesting. Okay, so, so are like, we talking uh, like when um what was it? Uh, 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 
what was it? A Time in Hollywood? What was the movie we just saw? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's kind of like changing history a little bit, or is it literally like adding in sci-fi fantasy elements? I don't. I think it's like changing history a little bit. Like okay. she does. It's it's about her life, but she doesn't quite act like someone in that period. If that makes sense. Oh, that all might these just trailers. Be lazy writing. <laughs> <laughs> all these trailers are on YouTube, so you can watch them. And then, so those are the four big shows, and then they have a couple ki- kids shows, and then I think like one or two documentaries. Okay. Uh, that's their launch lineup, and they're going to be adding stuff every <clears throat> month. And for those shows, they're going to, I think, on launch day, the first three episodes of each show will be out, and then they'll be releasing new episodes weekly. Mm-hmm. That is the price. Okay. The price is, and this is why we're talking about lost leaders today. <laughs> the price for the service is five dollars <gasps> a month. What? <laughs> Wait, like four ninety nine a month? Yeah, five dollars a month. Oh my However, god! However, and this is the stickler, and this is why I think it's really interesting. Th- that price is just so they can charge a price for it because unlike other Apple services, you'll be able to get this if you have a uh, Samsung TV or a Roku TV, I think an Amazon oh, Fire. okay. So they they need to have something to charge other people. How? And the reason I say that is because if you buy any Apple product, they will give you a year of Apple TV Plus for free. Okay. That's very so interesting. If you, if you buy an Apple TV box, they'll give you the streaming service. If you buy the phone, and I'm getting the new phone, if you buy the new phone, you get the streaming service for a year. Apple Watch, Mac, whatever. Mm-hmm. I do not know if they're going to let you stack that. Like, if you get the new phone every year, will that refresh your subscription for another year? Or if it's just you get it once and then you don't get it again? I think that would be – when I think about it, that would be a pretty decent plan on their part, right? I mean, you're already locked into the, the ecosystem in a really great way because they make your laptops, they make your iPads, they make your phones. So if you just kind of make this a part of that cycle, that might motivate people to, like, buy new phones. Of course, you're saying we don't know if that's the case, like, if it's even going to be possible. Yeah, we'll find out We'll find out in 12 months when people's <sighs> free subs- – because they Apple, they sell a lot of phones. Like, they sold, I think, like, 30 million iPhone XRs in yeah. six months or something like that. There's a lot of news out, like, they're they're apparently not, you know, selling enough or they're, like, losing that. But really, it's it's, it's more that they've, they've hit their peak and they need to find other yeah. ways to make money. Yeah, the idea – whenever I see Apple is in deep trouble, it's, like, from weird Wall Street guys who only care about growth, like – they yeah. have $200 billion in cash. I've said this before. They have $200 billion in cash. They have record-breaking profits. The only times they don't break records is because they lose to records they've set previously. Yeah. So they can't give someone an iPhone if they already have an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like, But they still sell like 50 million phones a year or something like that. So yeah. if their numbers just remain flat, Apple TV Plus will have – 50 to 60 million <clears throat> subscribers within a year. Yeah. And as much as people, insane. like as much as people complain about, I, I put quotes around complain, but make fun of the repetitiveness of like the design um, or the fact that, I mean, a lot of people feel like these products are, are kind of overpriced or whatever. And you can have your own opinions on that. People aren't really moving away from iPhone and buying like a Samsung or buying like a OnePlus or even the Google Pixel. Like it's not, they're, they're really not losing much making these repetitive um, kind of designs and stuff. People get comfortable, and and they're able to kind of secure that. So I definitely 
I, I definitely get to a point they're move into this different industry. I just don't know if they're going to be successful with it with the release of Disney Plus so close. And that has more options yes. off the bat. Yeah, it's, and they're also – this stretches to the cheap – the cheapest iPad you can buy is 329 And if you know anyone who just wants a tablet to have – to watch videos and do some web browsing on – the cheapest iPad is the best value in computing. It has a great screen. Mm-hmm. It's very small and light. It's a great product to do basic computing on, and that gets you a free year of Apple TV Plus too. So I can what Apple's doing here, and I think it's really smart of them, is because they're doing a really slow lineup, a, a really slow rollout of their shows, their bet is they give away a free year to people. Mm-hmm. That will... They're going to launch with these big shows, the Jennifer Aniston show and C and stuff. If any of those shows pop, then people over 12 years, like, uh, sorry, over 12 months, they're going to renew when that 12 months, when that 12 month trial is up. People keep Netflix around just for Stranger Things. People kept HBO around just for Game of Thrones. So if you, if the morning show is great and it looks pretty good, or if C is great or for all mankind is great. People are going to renew their subscription at the end of that 12 months if they know they're going to get another season of that show they like. Yeah. And the other bet they're making is by the end of that 12 months, they will have built up multiple shows that get a lot of buzz going. And they'll start to win over people on Roku who don't have iPhones mm-hmm. or don't want to buy a new iPhone. They'll start to win people over who don't get that free year who will be willing to pay the $5 a month. Exactly. Because – Apple is in this really dumb period where they're trapped in this uh, – Jeff Bezos, he created this dumb mindset. I think it's dumb on Amazon – on Wall Street where growth over profits is the only thing that Jeff Bezos cares about. And Wall Street only cares about that for most companies too. Mm-hmm. Apple is now trapped in that loop. They could lose – they're spending $6 billion on Apple TV+. Plus. Mm-hmm. They need to get a soci- – uh, they need to get a sizable subscriber base to start getting – a return on that six billion dollar investment but their investors don't really care because as long as they can show apple tv plus subscriptions uh our apple tv plus viewership is way higher than we thought it would 80 percent of everyone who got the free subscription is watching at least one show a week uh and we're starting to get subscribers on roku and as long as they can show growth, their investors don't really care, which I think is missing the point because, like I said, Apple is an enormously profitable company. Yeah. They just aren't as profitable as they used to be. And then kind of in, in line with – I mean you think about other – companies have tried this, right? This whole move into the streaming platform and getting subscribers and that sort of thing. But the benefit Apple has, which kind of mirrors a little bit the benefit that Amazon had and Google had, is their already pre-existing strong cloud you know, infrastructure. That's all built out. They've been studying that. And they have the benefit of knowing how Netflix started and how it worked, how Hulu started, all these other streaming services. And they have the benefit of already really smooth, slick software. They can make sure that everything's coded extremely well on their own, you know, proprietary. I think it's called Swift or something. So their actual, you know, streaming experience itself will hopefully be, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of your typical all right, let's bring up a streaming service really quick, code it, get it out there, don't update it, we're going to focus on the exclusives. You know, Apple has yeah. the developers I, to hopefully give us a good experience there. Yeah, no, Apple's tech is really good. So currently you can buy regular subscriptions to other 
services through Apple TV because they uh, they have you can buy Showtime, HBO, Stars, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, you can, Cinemax, a couple other stuff like uh, Curiosity Stream, and they host those streams. So the bit rates and the stream quality is really really good compared to streaming through their own app. Like as we said, the HBO Now app is a terrible experience on Apple TV, <laughs> uh, but. If you buy the HBO Apple TV subscription, it looks a lot better. It calibrates to the right frame rate and dynamic range. Yeah. Probably Everything adds like you a would decent want. Like, cinematic filter or something. Apple has really good streaming tech. So my bet is this is what's called a loss leader, which in macroeconomics, I believe, it's the idea of the classic example of the loss leader is the $1.50 hot dog and soda at Costco. Mm-hmm. Which I imagine everyone's had. Yeah. Costco, they sell you a. It's a very high quality hot dog, and you get a cup of soda for a buck fifty. How do they make a profit on that? They don't. Costco knows they can get you to be a loyal customer, to do as much of your shopping at Costco as possible. Because hey, we'll go to Costco, get a cheap lunch, and also do our shopping. They make their money off you doing the shopping, mm-hmm. but the cheap lunch is what gets you in the door i can definitely yeah i can speak directly to that you know I, whenever we don't go shopping now that i'm in a two-person household so going to costco isn't exactly like a weekend expenditure like it used to be when i was in a much larger household yeah, household but now whenever we do go to costco it's one of those things where you see it you're like okay the food section and it's not just the hot dogs i mean most of the stuff there is pretty well priced and pretty fine quality so if you're feeling lazy and you're gonna get fast food anyways you might as well just like finish shopping get some food here yeah you can get like a very large slice of pizza for what a dollar 75 or something like that yeah and to a point that does motivate me to say okay well if i'm gonna go somewhere to get something i might as well kill two birds with one stone here you know get the groceries and then just eat and i'm done yeah so for apple they're effectively throwing money away by giving away by giving everyone who buys any new Apple hardware the service for a year, but they know that if they can make good shows, you will start paying them $5 a month. Or if they do decide that the 12 years can stack, so you buy a new iPhone this year, after 12 months you buy a new iPad, and you get another 12 months, the idea that, hey, if I buy a new Apple product, I can save $60 on the streaming service I like, that will yeah. get you to buy Apple hardware more regularly because right now people upgrade their phones every two to three years. Apple would like to see that go to every one to two years. But if they can't, at least they can get you paying them $5 a month for Apple TV Plus and then buying an HBO subscription from them and a Showtime <clears throat> subscription. And why not get their music streaming service as well? Yeah. If I was interested in like the iOS environment and more specifically Apple software environment, that would totally be a comfortable cycle for me. So you, you buy a new iPhone, you get 12 months free, uh, then after that 12 months expires, I spend the next year paying $5 a month for subscriptions, and when I'm ready for my next iPhone, boom, again, another you know year free of the streaming service. That's definitely a well-thought-out cycle. Yeah, and they're probably going to increase the price of it a bit, but because they have this enormous cash pile, they can th- they're one of the only companies that can throw money at the problem. Disney blew most of their cash trying to acquire Fox and they had to supplement that acquisition with lots of stock. So Disney needs Disney plus to succeed Mm -hmm. where Apple 
they have $200 billion and their investors only care about growth, they can throw that cash pile at Apple TV Plus until it acquires a reliable subscriber base. Mm Mm-hmm. This only works, of course, if the shows are good. Julia Alexander at The Verge, her take on it was Apple is not trying to be Netflix. They're trying to be the next HBO, which is really interesting to me because HBO with HBO Max, they're now becoming more like Netflix, as Reed Hastings predicted. Yeah, I was going to say, it it, it definitely feels more like I, I can almost see this Apple service being seasonal in a way where all the content is more or less kept on. But what you see when you open the app is like five to eight different shows. And then yeah. those kind of just cycle through. Sure, you can get to the other ones, but they more want you to watch what's current. Yeah, I'm really excited for the uh, for the Jennifer Aniston show and the uh, For All Mankind show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm getting it anyway, uh, so I might as well watch it. And I'm gonna give C a shot. But you know, I got this phone, so I'm gonna have the service for a year. Mm-hmm. And at the end of 12 months, we'll see if I want to keep it around. But I think uh, I might. I, I, so I was planning on, and this is interesting. Ah, an interesting question. I've been planning on buying the iPad Mini Five for like the past year. I'm probably gonna knock that purchase out sometime, like during Black Friday. But would I be getting the 12 months off of something like that, a product that came out if you get, before? If you if you buy, one they say is if you buy any new Apple hardware, you will get you will get the 12 months free. Is new, like, stuff announced during the keynote, or just literally the most recent version of that line? Let me check right now for you. So, Mm. iPad mini. Just scroll to the bottom. Apple TV Plus included for one year when you buy an iPad. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. I guess I'll have it, too. We'll be reviewing uh, Apple shows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it, it launches in November. I think it's... I was... Very skeptical of it because the rumor going into this was they were going to charge ten dollars a month for it, and which I would have that believed. Catalog- I definitely would have believed yeah. that. Yeah, but for the catalog size, where you're not going to have a sizable catalog for at least a year, assuming all your shows are good, which there's no guarantee there, and Disney's undercutting you by three dollars, you're toast. Mm-hmm. But now five dollars a month for anyone who doesn't buy an Apple product, and then a free year for <laughs> anyone who does buy an Apple product. Uh, yeah. it's kind of a no, it's kind of a no brainer. Like I said, they're going to sell, they're probably going to sell 50 to 60 million phones just this year alone. That's not even counting iPads and Macs and Apple TV and Apple. I think Apple watch sales. A lot of consumers are going to get Apple TV plus just bundled in. So as long as, and if they watch it, that is good data for their investors to look at. Yeah, and I, I do want to I want I want to point out two things here, uh, uh, Sam. The first is a little bit of a, a turn. Um, we we have confirmed it through Culture Vacuum Plus. The only way you can stream My Man is actually via the most uh, the most recent Apple Watch. So you are going to need to watch it um, on that that new Apple Watch. That nice, uh, very tiny display. It is in four by three aspect ratio. That's as it was recorded. Um, so that, that that's going to be how you watch that. <laughs> Apple Watch exclusive. I checked; they will not give you a free year if you buy an Apple Watch. But yeah, what? Apple TV. Yeah. <laughs> Why? It, it's weird because it costs more than an iPad and an Apple TV that's box. What, and that's it's kind of weird because I almost damn it. I was going to say something smart, but that's going to probably sound dumb. Uh, so my my thinking is because of how much money they're already making. The money they're getting from the iPhone, and you're kind of saying this, um, but 
I mean, essentially, they have enough money at this point. They just want to they want to put this service in people's houses. That's what's more important yeah. to them right now. Get our service, yeah, they, get it out there, because they know people are going to be buying up Disney Plus. Um, if not for the recent movies, which like maybe teens and young adults will watch, they're buying it for their kids, and they they need a no brainer solution like that. And this feels like yeah. very close to a no brainer solution. Apple is weird with numbers. They used to sell. They used to give you granular sales numbers for every product category. Now they only give revenue numbers because sales were going down. Mm-hmm. But. It'd be interesting if on their first earnings call post-Apple TV launch, if they say how many subscribers they have or if they just say how many viewers a particular show got. Because if they say subscribers, then you can assume that at least 90%, if not more of those quote-unquote subscribers are people who bought Apple hardware. I was going to say, yeah, they just bought an iPhone. I'm more curious about what the subscriber numbers are outside of people who bought Apple hardware, and then also, of course, the viewership numbers by show. Because if the morning show is a big hit, people will renew their subscription after 12 months. If all the shows suck, then the that's going to be the end of the story. Kind of, yeah, and kind of going off of that point a little bit, I'm a little bit interested, I'm pretty interested in what the numbers are going to be for subscribers who got it through hardware. Because like you're saying, if they're not providing those individual sales numbers... You can probably, you know, do some interesting little math off of the number that they're getting from the hardware sales and use that to estimate, okay, where are their sales numbers at for these individual devices? That's why I don't think they're going to give out subscriber numbers because you can deign how many hardware – other people track how much hardware they sell. Like yeah. they didn't – they – Apple themselves didn't break down how many iPhone XRs and 10s's they sold someone else did so that's where i got that 30 million phones number gotcha and then you double that to 60 million and i think it was like 15 million iphone 10s maxes so they sell a lot of the premium phones too it's just that cheaper phone yeah 700 dollars is fairly reasonable phones used to cost 650 it's understandable that with inflation they would go up to 700 as the new starting price would you say 700 <sighs> I feel like 700 is like a a a, a fairly premium mid-range. Yeah, like that's because the the bottom range has stepped up so much. Like yeah. cheap Android phones are no longer hot garbage. No. But <laughs> and one that's part of that's for like OnePlus did a good job getting people there. Um Oppo has done a good job and then uh, all those other experimental brands even to a point uh Essential has done a good job yeah. of making cheap phones good. Yeah, the uh, yeah. So like the iPhone, the iPhone uh, eleven. Most people buy their phones in installments, so I think it's like thirty dollars a month just mm-hmm. for an installment plan. iPhone eleven. That's what most people can stomach, and for that, they also get a free streaming service for a year. And if you trade in an old iPhone, you get a lot taken off that price, even more. So, yeah. so you keep your old I, iPhone, you trade it in, you get that installment, and that's actually kind of interesting. I've never really thought about the fact that iPhone users eh, iPhone users and Android users probably think about the price of their phone in two very different ways. Like an iPhone thinks of it as an iPhone user might think of it as a subscription that they get through, you know, their cellular service, whereas an Android user thinks of it as like a base price that they're buying off of eBay or Amazon or something. Uh, I would disagree there. Uh, Samsung phones are also very popular at carriers. That's and carriers true. love and stomp. So yeah, that's very most true. people people in general buy their phones in installments it's it's actually the nerds who 
like to buy direct. Okay, Sam. I bought my phone directly, too. I'm a nerd. But All right. If you... If you buy your, most people get their phones through carriers, and carriers want to put you on an installment. It's actually kind of difficult to buy a phone outright from your carrier and install you bloatware. Only... Don't buy phones from your carriers. Yeah, don't. <laughs> but most it, most people do, and it sucks. Uh, but if you go through Samsung.com or Google.com or Apple.com, then you can pay up front if you yeah. want to do that. Honestly, even you that's can... preferable. Um, I I am not in any way saying you have to buy your phone from eBay or something. Just buy it from the phone maker. Whatever the label is on the back of the phone, look up that company and buy it from them. Phone buying advice for you. <laughs> and again, don't buy the iPhone 11 Pro unless you're insane like me. Yeah, I was, we're, I was just about to say, <laughs> you fucking hypocritical fuck. <laughs> I, bought the, uh, I bought the small 11 Pro because I want a small phone again. Yeah. But I might go to the regular 11 if I like that size more I, than my current phone size. I don't know if this is off topic or not. I So when, when I got the OnePlus 5T, this was maybe two years ago, maybe three years ago when I got that phone. And now that I've switched over to the Pixel 3, I really don't see the benefit of a big phone anymore. What the fuck is it anyways? Why do people like big phones, Sam? Tell me. Tell me, Sam. I Because uh, they're beautiful. Like, Fuck off. This, have you seen a Samsung S10? No. It's a gorgeous piece of hardware. Not in person. So, I've seen it online. Is it really that much be- more beautiful in person? Yeah, I've I've seen it in person. You can go to Best Buy and see it for yourself. But the Samsung's phones are big, gorgeous screens, and people want a big, beautiful screen. They want something but pretty. I th- I think the perva- the pervasion of big phones is making people miss the small phone mm-hmm. uh and but... companies some companies just straight up don't make them especially in the android sphere there's plenty of phone types that only come out at like these huge you know sizes when i went on to apple the apple website and i checked the i always check to see like what the sellout numbers are mm-hmm. and the phones that were the least available was the 11 pro sizes mm. uh and a couple of the regular 11 most of the 11 Pro Max sizes were still in stock after 24 hours, which is not what you usually see. So okay. I think I think people might be shifting back to uh, small phones. But yeah, last year, the two biggest selling iPhones, the 10R and the 8 Plus, I think, or the regular 8, and were the two best-selling iPhones. And then the 10s Max was the third best-selling iPhone. So, if, so now people, that we're at 11, they did. We we know for a fact now, nine's not happening. Fuck off with your yeah. nine. No nines yeah, for you. Yep. The iPhone eight, the iPhone eight nine. Can you imagine <laughs> releasing an iPhone eight? An iPhone 8S, and then coming on stage and being like, and after that, we got the fucking iPhone 8, 9. <laughs> I don't, maybe it's not that funny. I'm just I'm just thinking about the actual keynote where he says iPhone 8, and then behind him, iPhone 8 is spelled out, and he says 9, and a fucking 9 is added to the end of that. No, no, it's the old joke. Words happen... What happened at the end? Seven, eight, nine. Oh God, ah. Sam! You—that's yeah. what you meant. You're not yeah. funny enough to be on a podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I tender my resignation to myself again. Before you do that, 
open this goddamn door, Sam. No, we have to finish the podcast. I'm sweating Colin. profusely. <laughs> All right, bye that's, in the podcast. By the way, your coffee has speech. cooled down. Why did you leave it in here so hot? How did you do I that? Know. You're in another state. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I have, like, heat vision that can travel. It was amazingly hot. It was boiling in my hand, Sam. <laughs> okay. So, so that... that <laughs> that's that. That's that. Um, lots of Apple news. That was actually kind of... I, I enjoyed getting through that. I enjoyed the update. Um, I can't wait to get my iPad and, and watch Jason Momoa in the show that we didn't make. And then after that, uh, watch him in a show that we did make when I buy the Apple Watch. Uh, yeah, Tim, hit us up so I can add Culture Vacuum Plus as an Apple TV channel. Uh-huh. You haven't done it already? He 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 keeps ignoring my calls. He's ignoring says, your calls. Because it says, sent for my Galaxy S5. <laughs> what? <laughs> you like... You like... <laughs> His phone like starts ringing. He looks down. It says, "It's just calling from a Galaxy fucking S5." <laughs> yeah, Tim Cook. He's very advanced. <laughs> why is your okay? So now I get why you're upgrading, Sam. You know what? After hearing that you've been using a Galaxy S5 for what I can only imagine is, I, I guess what seven years? Maybe <laughs> how long has it been? I think uh, five. Years, <laughs> About five years. Right? Okay. If it's every My year, my friend had it. When I was a sophomore in high school. So. Okay. Twenty <laughs> fourteen. Yeah, it's been about five years. It's been about five years. Alright. Well you know what? If if that's the case, Sam, you do deserve this new phone. You should just go ahead, just go for the pro man. It's all I, you. I, I, I joke about the Galaxy S five because it was one of the worst phones I ever seen. And it was the last phone Samsung made before they stepped up their hardware game. Yeah. Is that the one before they made Okay, so at some point uh, I don't know if you remember this. Samsung made a phone called the Galaxy. It was like the S5 Edge or like S6 Edge or something. And then yeah, that, that was the S6. It was the S6 Edge? Okay. And then they noticed yes. people fucking liking that shit. And now the Edge is everywhere. And now their phones look fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. So the Galaxy S5. My friend was so proud of his Galaxy S5. But like it was still when Samsung was making plastic phones that felt like garbage. That's he right. He had a flap. He had a flap over his charging port so it would stay waterproof. <laughs> Every time he wanted to charge his phone, he had to pop out a little plastic flap. It's covered in gross, like, little pieces of dust and food and shit, probably. It was, it's, an, it's an embarrassing phone compared <laughs> to an iPhone. And he's like, look, I can, year, I can open up the back of my phone and replace the battery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, so proud, he was so proud of it, but I'm like, oh, it doesn't look good. And then the next year, Samsung came out with the S6, and th- they finally started matching Apple in hardware yeah as much as people talk anyway. shit about apple they set the standard in a lot of ways yeah yeah so yeah anyway wow that was a lot you more talk apple about... talk than i expected but i am I, w- yeah. I was i was excited for it i really enjoyed that yeah yeah you want to talk about the uh what you what you call it you want to talk about the terrible clown movie or the decent fairy movie fairy Sam, tv show what the fuck do you think <laughs> What do you want to get out of the way? The Carnival Row. <laughs> you want to get Carnival Row? Okay. Carnival Row. I wasn't, it's another thing. I wasn't going to talk about it, but then I watched it. And I'm like, I ah, don't hate this. And that, uh, Right? <laughs> yeah. I was very surprised by, so when, 
I remember when you said we were going to do doing Carnival Row, and I was immediately like, ah, that's the show that my girlfriend wanted to watch with me, and I was like, probably not. <laughs> Why would I want to have a bonding experience with my girlfriend? <laughs> Fuck off, I hate you, is what I said to her. <laughs> Get but... out of the apartment we share. <laughs> but then, because I, I, for me, I, I saw the trailers. Um, I saw Orlando Bloom, and I was like, okay, is this just going to be fucking Bright 2.0 <laughs> or something? Like, is that where we're getting? Uh, the answer is uh, sort of, but also sort of not really. Because <laughs> this is good. It's pretty good. I would say, good is yeah. a good, good. It, it's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, as, as, as you know, on Culture Vacuum, I like to talk about some things <clears throat> when I see a, a wider trend in media, mm-hmm. and... The big trend in media, as, I, as we talked about before, everyone's going for Game of Thrones, baby. Oh, absolutely. They want that big fantasy alternate world show. Apple has Jason Momoa blind people. Uh, Netflix has The Witcher coming and three other shows they're waiting to greenlight if The Witcher does well. Oh, fuck, none of them are going to do HBO has a couple of Game of Thrones spinoffs. Amazon has a Wheel of Time show, which is one of these epic fantasy stories what i have been told about the wheel of time is read every epic fantasy series that you've been planning on reading and then when you've gotten through all of those then you start the wheel of time because it's 13 1200 page books basically fucking what 13 yeah 1200 it's like a lot of the middle books are like really great character building where (laughs) nothing plot wise happens it's a lot of people standing in a single room talking to each other and remembering things that they did and things that they want to (laughs) do yeah so people love the wheel of time but it's a very interesting show and then they're also making this they've committed to five seasons 200 billion sorry 200 million dollars a season so it's a billion dollar show Mm -hmm. that they had to commit to uh, Lord of the Rings prequel series, which will take place in the Second Age, uh, which is a period uh, b- which we you see the end of the Second Age at the beginning of Fellowship. Okay, it's that the the last alliance of men and elves. That oh okay, that sounds so kind of interesting. See, yeah, so you see the end of that age. So it's going to be basically set in Sauron's rise and after all these gods formed the world from the first age. Mm. So really interesting stuff coming from Amazon. So carnival row is sort of like a volley in that. And I only want to talk about it. Cause I think if this is what the majority of these fantasy game of Thrones chasing shows are going to be like, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Cause carnival row, I think carnival row is lucky that it's the first show like this that I've seen. I was gonna, cause... I was gonna say right because if if this is something <clears throat> that we see everywhere, one is enough. Any more than this, I'm gonna start getting, I'm gonna start feeling a little bit tired and worn down. Yeah, it's 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 sort of the difference between like the first Captain America and Doctor Strange. Both movies, pretty good movies when you look at them on their own merits, mm-hmm. but Doctor Strange. I cared a little bit less about that than I did the first Captain America or the first Thor because yeah. the formula wasn't familiar to me yet. Carnival no. Row, it got in first, and I'm like, okay, that was, like, pretty good. Uh, and we'll get into, like, the, the pros and cons of the show itself. But it's like, but if, like, The Witcher is like this or The Wheel <laughs> of Time is like this, it's like, well, I already have three other shows like this. Why do I care? Yeah. So this is basically the baseline 
every show needs to be better than Carnival Row in order for me to care about it. I will say, as as much as we're, I feel like we've been heaping positives and, and clear, like it's clear that we feel positively about this show. It's not fucking fantastic. Like it's not life changing. It's not something that you're going to watch and be like, oh, this is, this is. A, a new step for television or, or something. Yeah, it's, it's just a show that could have been really boring and bad and, and mishandled. And it came out pretty good. It's a serviceable, fairly entertaining fantasy show. Yeah. And Watch it with a friend. It, and, <laughs> yeah. And in, in that it does, it does its job well, but I don't want every single show to be of this caliber. This yeah. is, as, this is, I guess, as bad as these shows can be. Yeah, any worse than I wouldn't have be in for... liked it. Yeah. So, uh, Carnival Row, now let's get into the show itself. It takes place in a very, very Lovecraft, Lovecraftian-influenced world. Mm-hmm. It's a mix of modern... It's a mix of, like, steampunkish Victorian-era England, but it's not called England. It's called The Burg, which is just... There's a collection of city-states, I guess. You know what it feels like? It, it felt a lot like uh, Fable, which is a comic book where, like fairy tale creatures kind of exist in the real world sort of it had that feel for me except fable i think takes place in current day yeah whereas this takes place more like in it almost felt like sherlock holmes was going to turn the corner at any second it takes place in like that kind of era but it's also a fantasy world where Mm -hmm. they discovered this far off land of fantasy creatures and what do you know it? They did some imperialism to it. <laughs> yeah. They they said, look at that place where, where people are different than us. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean the people. I meant the place. We want that. There's a bunch of bullshit everywhere. Let's get rid of that bullshit and take the place. <laughs> yeah. So the Berg and this other city-state, the Pact, start warring over it. And I guess the Berg wants it to be... I guess, it's un- the politics are a bit unclear, but from what I can guess, the Berg wanted to be allies with this country and like have a trade relationship with them, mm-hmm. and the and Pact just wanted them. to, co- yeah, the Pact just wanted to take over. But the Pact was better at war than the Berg, <clears throat> so the Berg had to pull out, and yeah. a couple of these fairy tale creatures called Critch, which is really cool. Most of them fairies, but you have a couple of like fawns, a couple mm-hmm. of centaurs. They are allowed to, if they can escape this area, this land, they can escape to the Berg and live as second-class citizens in this city-state. It almost felt like, it, it, it almost felt like you have, they're, they're trying to, they're, in the world, it's trying to seem like these two opposing sides have one good side and one bad side. But as the viewer watching this show, you're kind of open to the realization that if neither of these opposing sides existed that would probably be the most beneficial uh, to these people yeah. who are now treated as second-class citizens. Like, it's, there's yeah. not really any good guys for them. Yeah, uh, and the thing I loved most about this show is the world-building. I mm-hmm. uh, Like, the one of the first live-action shots, they do this, like, prequel thing where there's, like, animation and stuff, but the first live-action shot is they're running through a forest, and there's razor wire hanging, not high in the trees, but, like, just like 10 feet above the ground yeah and you see these fairies running for their lives and then without anyone needing to say don't fly or the razor wire will get you see that's just know you know why the razor wire is there and that's an example of why and the show doesn't always do this there there are some points where the obvious is pointed out but it doesn't enough where it doesn't really treat the the viewer like an idiot who, who doesn't have the ability to put two and two together you know 
Yeah. It's kind of like it, it's organically grown. These these creatures are, they, I say creatures, but these uh, fairies are sort of running uh, forward. And, and you're kind of just like, it, it felt to me the closest example I can give is is a scene out of what was it Sherlock Holmes the second movie where there's these slow motion shots of him kind of running through a forest with trees and stuff like that it, it really alluded to me to kind of like that scene or maybe something out of uh the Deathly Hollows part 1 where something similar is happening but the lighting and and the the color and everything is really well done to make you feel like these are people in war you know these are refugees running for their lives to to something better. Hopefully, their homes are taken. They need to get out, and all of that yeah. is communicated in shots, not dialogue. Really yeah. good. It's it's really cool. Yeah. And again, they don't say like no one tries to flap their wings, and Kyra Delavine says, "No, don't fly because of the razor wire," which she easily so could have. <laughs> yeah. A worse show would have done that. Yeah, actually, but instead they put fairy corpses in the razor wire, so you understand why it's there. There was a point where, for me, it was that seeing the razor wire and seeing her running, and this is the beginning of the show, so I'm still kind of sitting there like, okay, this is something I got to get through and then talk about. But there's a point where she sees someone being attacked, and I'm like, oh, okay, she's such a great person, she's gonna defend them, and of course she does, and then that person gets shot in the fucking head, <laughs> like yeah. right in front of her, and I'm like. Oh, okay. No, this is interesting. This is not trying to be your, you know, run-of-the-mill, very basic, oh, it's a good person, she's going to save people, and everyone's going to be inspired by her. It definitely goes for more of a realistic characterization of this character. Yeah, so this is th- this character is Vignette Stone Moss, played by Cara Delevingne, who mm-hmm. I've never really liked one of her acting performances before, but I really liked her in the show. You didn't like her in Suicide Squad? Uh, oddly enough, no. Oh, okay. I, I, would, I would say that was the best performance of the year. Her <laughs> little fancy you can't walk. Can't see me, but I'm I'm moving my arms around. Oh, good. You're doing the you're doing the little worm with your arms. <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take her to get here. Mm. Hello, Rick Flag. <laughs> yeah, no, she she does a pretty decent job, and and to a point, I I, I personally feel like actors can't really always be blamed or even some at some points given credit for their performance because uh, a lot of it does come out of you know who's in the directing chair so i think if you have really talented actors <clears throat> which after seeing this i feel like cara delavine is a fairly talented actress with someone who knows how to direct her well you come out with this really and and also with a role that is so much for her i feel like the character itself is really compatible with cara delavine as an actress Every, when everything kind of is lined up like that, it works out pretty well. And I, I think it shows in this show. Yeah. Uh, I think – so there are three main, like, plot elements of the show. There's a romance plot, mm-hmm. a mystery plot, and a political drama plot. The political drama plot is the worst, and we will get to it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was the most – having this – is, this is why I said watch this with a friend. Because if you don't understand something, it's helpful to – have someone who might have a few more puzzle pieces than you to try to explain what you're watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, the Cara Delevingne, she had a relationship with Orlando Bloom's character, Philo, what was his last name? Something. I don't, <laughs> everyone calls him Philo, Philo, yeah. Philo Whiteman. <laughs> yeah. Philo white savior man. Yeah. <laughs> 
he is an inspector and the cop. Actually, the, I think the... his name was Will Turner. <laughs> he is a he's a human, or so we think. He's a human fairy. Spoilers: The show's been out for a while. Why did you say so? You said or so we think, and then immediately spoiled. <laughs> yeah, he is a human who he's a human inspector who cares about fairies and mm-hmm. creatures when uh, no one else really does. Yeah. Uh, and no one knows why he cares. We know later, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we find out. Yeah. <laughs> so and then he and Cara Delevingne had a past relationship when he was fighting in the war over there. Yeah. And then in order to try and save her, he faked his own death so that she wouldn't wait around for him and potentially get captured or killed. Which speaking of things that could have been easily mishandled. How did you feel? I, I'm a little bit conflicted about that plot point. How did you feel about the whole, my solution to this is faking my death and it's okay? Um, I think it's because the fairies were going to leave the temple and she was going to wait for him. Yeah. No, I, I, I get why. She, yeah. I think it's, he also wanted to take care of his friend, the werewolf friend. That's true. So he, yeah. And he can't yeah, really so do that if he's going with her or if he's waiting on her or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah, I think that was why. And he knew it'd probably be best for the both of them if they found a way out. Mm-hmm. And just if she, he knew she wasn't going to wait for him, so he had to fake his own death. I think I I like that part. That's why yeah. I said I really like the romance element because, like, the betrayal she feels is real. And is. the regret he feels for it is also real. But they're also, they're also well-fleshed-out characters separate of each other. Mm-hmm. That's the really good thing. And probably the benefit of having them not be so close at the beginning. They I don't even think they they meet each other until well into the first or second episode. Or at least not meet think, but like, you know, see each other yeah, again. I, I think the second episode. Yeah. Or no 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 no. No, it's the first episode. Yeah. It's later the on. Though. The it's not episode. at the beginning. Yeah, it's the very end of the sec of the first episodes when they meet, but what once she gets over to the burg and she has to live as the second class citizen, mm-hmm. she while she's there, she learns that Philo is still alive. So she confronts him. Yeah. She's like, fuck off, dude. <laughs> she confronts him. She says, why did you leave? He says, I had to. She says, all right, fuck off. And then they don't talk to each other for a while. <laughs> yeah. And they do get, we do get the whole episode of their, of their romance in episode three, which is one of my favorite episodes of the, se- of the season. I really liked that. I thought it, maybe you'll have different opinions about it. I thought she fell for him a bit quickly for the things that they did and the ways they interacted. But then I was talking to my girlfriend about this. There's a lot of their interaction that we probably is, is implied that we don't see. So maybe that mm-hmm. kind of explains the quick way in which they fell in love. Cause they also talk about how, <clears throat> especially after the werewolf guy comes into play, you learn that they've actually been there for a while. You know, he's transformed a few times. So you're able to fill in the gaps that these two have been communicating and, and getting to know each other for a, a few months. So when it comes yeah, to the think, end and they're in love with the situation, with the war, with the times, it, it makes sense. I think the episode takes place over like a year. Oh, shit. Are you serious? It might it might take place over a year, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, where were the other seasons? <laughs> just, just winter the whole time. <laughs> they, were in the mount- they were in the mountains. So. I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, it makes sense. The, the time they spend together, and by the end, when they eventually have to separate, it does make sense. Before we get to the mystery, the other romance plot is so 
uh, there's a great piece in The Verge about how the show bucks the Lovecraft Lovecraft's racism. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you know, Calvin, H.P. Lo- Lovecraft is a d- d- was a terrible, disgusting racist. Uh, I did not know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I also didn't know oh. that much about H.P. Lovecraft to begin with. <laughs> so he, everyone knows H.P. Lovecraft. He, if Harry Potter Cthulhu, Lovecraft. Yeah. If you've seen uh, the Cthulhu memes, he created Cthulhu and a bunch of other worlds. This type of world in Carnival Row is very much a, akin to a world that he would create in one of his stories. I would say uh, the, but he was the most also... telling part is probably the monster, but I, we'll get to that. Yeah. He was also a disgusting racist. He gave his cat his cat's name. You can Google it yourself, Calvin. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's cat's name was so racist, I'm not going to tell you what it was. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> oh, I type in H.P. Lovecraft. You'll never guess what the first <laughs> suggested Cat's search. name? It's just cat. H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft cat. Uh, wow. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yep. Holy shit. I'm not going to say it. Holy shit. This is... Oh, my God. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know what? Look it up yourselves if you're curious or don't. <laughs> Again, it's extraordinarily racist. Why? God damn. Your own cat. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Did he hate yep. his cat or did he like his cat? No, I think I think he liked his cat. I don't, I don't know why he named his cat that. That he is just so did. crazy. Okay, yeah. now go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so he also th- – uh, the, the Verge piece goes into, like, with Lovecraft, a lot of the ways he would describe the other, like, fish-human hybrids. He also had ape-human hybrids in some of his stories. Mm. They were seen as lesser than humans, perversions mm-hmm. of nature, uh, more prone to being corrupted. So a lot of people like to separate his racism from his stories, you kind of can't. You can mm-hmm. take the worlds he built and spin off of them. N.K. Jemison, who is a, Af- she's an African American writer. She is a she's a three time Hugo Award winner for her Damn. series, The Broken Earth Trilogy. Uh, she is writing a Lovecraft influenced story that's going to do the same thing of directly addressing how racist H.P. Lovecraft was. Yeah, I think to for me, I, I always I don't always, but I tend to stand by the separation of the work and the art as long as and you kind of said it in, in your explanation. They the artist themselves separates the personality from the art. So if you're not like having your art influenced by these negative negative evil fucking you know thoughts and inclinations then i'm typically fine uh with the cat though honestly that's enough for me <laughs> that's enough to do it for me i'm, I'm uh i'm off it you know what uh hp lovecraft is hashtag canceled um we're gonna go ahead and remove the documentary we already filmed for him that was gonna debut in uh two hours on culture vacuum plus <laughs> that's no longer happening um, I don't Dodged know if I, a bullet there. We really did. That would have been our first piece of content um, that was fully developed, fully edited. Um, how big was the cast, Sam? 200 plus? Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, two or three seasons already done. Um, but that uh, I'm, I'm going ahead and flipping the switch now. Not premiering. <clears throat> so what's the what's so, the ETA on our next show? <laughs> uh, 2069. We already went over this. Damn it. Fuck. <laughs> really could have gotten ahead of things, huh? 
So, so H.P. Lovecraft, baby. Yeah. Uh, no, so the, the other plot is there's this wealthy, there's this wealthy brother and sister who have a uh, a. They are fucking hilarious. Empire. I'm sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> you said brother, and I thought about the guy going like, "You must get out of here," or whatever he was. T- <laughs> he was yeah, the brother is. I don't he know is if the so goddamn acting. funny. I don't know if it's, his act, if it's the acting or the directing, but the brother, he's just such a dope. He's such a fucking dope. He always has the same look on his face where he looks... I have to buy fresh flowers every day for the whole house. <laughs> and every time he ends every time he ends a statement, he kind of bends forward and looks down a little. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's kind yeah. of... <laughs> I can't believe it. He looks like he looks like a combination of uh, Carrot Top and, and Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> if you fuse them into the same person <laughs> it is he's anyways he's he's meant to be evil and bad i couldn't help smiling every time he was on screen just because of how ridiculous his performance is um i'm laughing a lot but it's all good it, it's all very believable and good um but there's also a yeah. sister whose performance is a little bit less crazy um but a- essentially the whole thing is that uh, a person moves in next door uh, they're a family who's a little bit low on in terms of economics. They had a plan uh, to to get a boating vessel out uh, to get some some money in. It's actually the boating vessel that Cara Delevingne ends up coming in on, and that plan just fucking falls through like entirely. So they're stuck with Cara Delevingne. A new tenant moves in, and they're like, you know, maybe I can make a maybe I can make some spare change here. Not so. <laughs> turns out. Turns out. He's Turns out they're puck. a black man. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a puck, and not just a puck. He's a black puck, and this is where they directly confront the Lovecraft because that entire story arc mm-hmm. is about addressing the hypocrisy of the society. Where this guy, uh, he also made a ton of money apparently by his own merit since he built a this empire himself. Amount. He seems to have more money than anyone else there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy also has uh, made a, t- a shit ton of money, yet he is deemed unworthy of society uh, purely by his race yeah and it's not Uh, even necessarily i I really like this right because as as bad as everything like the public perception is he's allowed to move in he clearly has rights within his space he can have a servant who's a human he gets all the literal things that you would get as someone with this money but the connections to people are just not there for him yeah and i also like i forget the 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 guy's name but they show he's not a perfect person either. Yes, where he he has immense rage issues. He's kind of a dickhead, even when someone's being nice to him. I like. Uh, I also like this seeing this type of rage. Typically, because when you say rage issues, if you haven't watched the show, you're probably thinking of something different than the rage he actually shows. It's very, it's very underneath the skin, right? He doesn't just like all of a sudden start bursting out and screaming at people or something. But you can tell he's just a fucking angry person all the time. <laughs> like, it's it's kind of underneath. The way he talks to people is kind of dismissive. Um, his servant clearly... I say servant. I'm not sure what that relationship is. I guess maybe helper is more... Uh, it doesn't matter. But the person he has uh, kind of helping him out with stuff clearly, if if not likes, respects him, but doesn't necessarily receive that back in typical conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, so he is he's a he's a I that's what I really like. That was my favorite part about him. It's like you could have shown him as this well-meaning puck or well-meaning black man who he has no 
problems whatsoever, and it's all society's fault. But <clears throat> yeah, he's holding you know umbrellas over cats, and he's like, be giving money to people yeah. on the street, and people are yelling at him. But he's like, you know what? Turn the other cheek. Fuck no. Yep. I I don't know. <laughs> like he he's clearly built up a a rough skin. Mm-hmm. going through the shit of society to get to where he's at now and he shows the marks of that and that's and good it, because that's that's what it would look like in real life people are always yeah, but, it, it seems like there's this almost if you're someone who's rich and black you're also supposed to be like someone who's so giving and good to be one of the good ones or else you're just like mm-hmm. a, a selfish prick right but yeah. with someone who goes through this sort of thing it's it's nice to see that like no he he's not going to be perfect coming out of this he still has to deal with all of these prejudices and people looking at him a certain way and that does affect you you're not you, you don't just come out yeah. immune to it no matter how strong you are whenever people try to whitewash segregation say oh it wasn't that bad they'll point to the handful of black millionaires who were able to make their fortunes during segregation and pre-civil rights but mm-hmm. They like to pretend, and they were just the nicest person, and they had just they they just found their way in the world. And who cares if they just so happened to live in the north yeah. where there wasn't ways to keep them down? And they were just nice the whole. T- it's like no, like those those entrepreneurs were probably completely worn out and tired from all the shit they'd have to put up with. Yeah, even and it's not just yeah. It, I mean, that's that, we could talk for hours. <laughs> that's a separate yeah. thing. I, I'm really I, I get. I don't know how often you see it, Sam, but there's a certain amount when you're a black person who appears to be, I don't even want to say wealthy, but just not, you know, stereotypically black. It's almost like people initially walk on eggshells next to you to ensure that you're one of the good ones in Mm -hmm. a way and not just appearing that way. And that can be a little bit tiring. I just coming from Atlanta it's different because Atlanta is the capital of the black middle class. Yeah. So it's a city that's much more used to having more affluent black people around I would know. It. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an Atlanta native. Yes, of course. <laughs> As we confirmed in the last that's episode. Not to, that's not to say the city is fully integrated. White people do self-segregate, and it's to they do self-segregate by moving out of the city or sending their kids to private school. Mm-hmm. But the city itself, you are – just you can't be a white person and be as ignorant to the struggles of black people as you can somewhere else in the country. But even then, like we talked about it last week, I grew up in Atlanta and I didn't know about the Atlanta child murders because it only affected black children. But I know if that if Jewish kids were getting round up instead, I wouldn't hear the end of it. Oh, absolutely so. not. And I'm sure if you're, you know, black families growing up in Atlanta. They're probably telling their kids that shit. Fucking look out. We had this history and it was completely ignored. I don't believe they're telling their kids that because they're scared they're going to be captured by specifically the Atlanta child murder. They're telling their kids that to show them that the world isn't going to give a shit if someone like you is kidnapped. You don't look like yeah. someone we should care about being kidnapped. And that yeah. was a lesson kind of and, and, and all this is to say I, when I see the puck um in carnival row i see a background i'm slightly familiar with not slightly but entirely (laughs) familiar with which is growing up being told you won't matter to anyone you talk to you just won't and you need to get used to it and you need to build up a defense to that 
He's not this whitewashed image of man born in hardship finds his way to the top of the ladder and everyone welcomes him. No, it's like man born in hardship finds his way to the top of the ladder uh, and he is bitter and he is scarred from the process that got him there. Mm -hmm. And even once he's gone through all this shit, he still has to face all this bullshit from people who resent him just for how he looks. And what I despite love, despite obviously being as smart and worthy as them. And what I really love about the show <clears throat> is to a point, um, and we're going back to the sister and the brother who live across from him. The sister who's trying to get uh, the mu- who who re- who sees the opportunity through him, and to a point, I don't think internally ever really hated Puck specifically, but more the symbol of them. Um, which I mean, we'll get to as their relationship develops. But she didn't really completely understand that side, that even though he was rich, he wouldn't be accepted. She had it in her head, oh, let's just invite him over and it'll be fine, right? It's because he's a stranger. If we invite him over, people will just get used to it and then he'll give us the money. You know, this perfect kind of fantasy in your head of what this stuff looks like. But as we see in the show, it doesn't really matter how many times she invites him over, how many dinners he goes to, how many people he meets. He's never treated normally by anyone. The whole time. It's really good. He's kind of... There, there'll there be scenes where like people are talking to him, but it's always clearly a stressed, I'm only doing this because I'm in this situation. Like, I wish I wasn't. At some yeah, point, this... even the brother kind of caves and tries the sister's methodology. It never works. Yeah. And the sister's just... She's just more practical. She's like, fucks aside... She doesn't necessarily accept him before she grows his attraction to him. Yeah. But she's like, society, who gives a fuck? We're going to be bankrupt if we don't do this, so put your biases aside. Yeah. Who cares if we're spurned because we associate with this man? He has the funds to give you a business back. Yeah, we have no money. There are bigger things to worry about. Then she might still have those, those um, you know, those races. I mean, if being honest racisms and, and kind of stereotypes and stuff like that but those those aren't really affecting her decision to be with this person which is why i could kind of tell it, it, i don't know if it's choreographed or not and maybe you can speak to us i could kind of tell when they started talking that they were where they were going to end up but i wasn't that didn't detract from the entertainment of the story right as soon as they met up i was like oh okay it's going to be a slow you know she sees him doing things normally he impresses her. She likes the way, like, she laughs at his jokes, that sort of thing. They're going to fall in love. But still watching it all through the lens of what appears to be a fairly authentic experience of receiving these, you know, these types of prejudices and, and stereotypes and stuff like that. It, it It's so interesting to watch. I feel like it's not the, the fall, the white girl falling in love with a black guy has, we've seen that before, right? But the racism is never really treated that realistically which is strange to say for a fantasy film even in stuff like tyler perry films where everything the casting the directing all that is typically done i mean i'll say a lot about tyler perry films but at least black people are involved with the process (laughs) of of creating those i feel like it's never really handled very well and and maybe that also comes from the fact that tyler perry like this puck is someone who has made it to the top and does not have any real, you know, positive thoughts towards the experience. Yeah. Uh, I think, so, obviously, it resonated with you, which is always good to see, you know, like, (laughs) you try to replicate the African-American experience, and uh, 
I don't know if the creators are people of color, but uh, apparently they did a good job with it. I can't really speak to that as much because I'm white as fuck. You know what? I, I'm going to say this. I don't think you need to be a person of color. I think you need to talk to people who experience this. It's yeah. clear to me that the people who wrote this, regardless of what they look like, have spoken with or interacted with those who have had this sort of experience or have in mm -hmm. some ways gone out of their way to study people who speak about it. Maybe either through literature, through lectures, however you learn about this. They're not, you know, strangers to the experience of, of someone who goes through this. And that, that was really great to watch. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. That was probably one of my, to be honest, that was probably my favorite storyline. <laughs> Even more than Cara Delevingne and and uh, and William Turner <laughs> in the parts yeah. of the Caribbean <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, they they didn't do a good job tying it into the rest of the of the show. But it oh, was it has really... fucking nothing. It has nothing to do yeah. with the rest of the show. <laughs> but I, yeah, like this is the part of the show that most directly confronts Lovecraft because mm -hmm. not only is it an interspecies relationship that it builds to, but it shows a successful black man. Yeah, as cast as this mythical creature, which H.P. Uh, Lovecraft would have an aneurysm over. Yeah, and his cat. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, I didn't mean to. I didn't want to start laughing, but I said his cat, and then I saw, I saw his cat, and I saw his name under his cat's face. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Why? So like people are, people are coming over. It's like, oh, you got a nice house. You got like, uh, I, I see the doorway. You guys, you, you swept here. That's cool. Oh, you own a cat. How cute. What's its, what's its name? <laughs> You'll never believe it. <laughs> I would tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, so that was. So we've been through two plot lines, right? Well, not really, yeah. but there's... Well, then we'll, we'll get through the, the big one, and it's the one that I had the most mixed feelings <laughs> about. It's the mystery political intrigue line, which mostly focuses on Philo, and <laughs> Sam, the polit... Can you go yeah. ahead and... I mean, you're going to do it. Go, try to explain that other plot line. <laughs> so, without getting too spoilery, the, okay. politics, the politics are there are two parties. The politics. Uh the politics of it yeah the there is the more progressive let's call them the white you know like they're the white feminists they're like oh yeah i love everyone but also i refuse oh. to acknowledge my own privileges that's so, i like that read yeah so they are led by jared harris uh his wife is i forgot the actress's name but uh, an evil looking fuck yeah <laughs> oh god that was and here's here's another problem with me. Um, I think I have problems telling faces apart. That's just a thing I know about myself now. It's not a race thing. It happens with everyone. And the 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 mom and another female character, uh, the daughter of the opposing party, they yeah. I mix them up a lot. <laughs> so that made yeah, for so a very confusing watch. <laughs> So she okay. So the mom is married. So the, Jared Harris is married to Indira Varma. Uh, she's been around. Actress. She's a, she's an actress. She's been around. Mm -hmm. I like her a lot. But her, she's basically obsessed with prophecy. And okay. the entire reason she married Jared Harris is because she heard this prophecy that his son would do great things, mm -hmm. and their son is played by Artie Fruchon, Right? Yeah, Artie Fruchon. He looks in his mid-20s, maybe early 30s. At some point, his 
and maybe this is just the way you were talked to by your parents back then. I felt like they were treating him like a high schooler for the most part. <laughs> There's this really odd sort of way his dad talks to him like he's talking to a, a, a child. Which maybe that's also just the relationship you would have if you grew up with that much privilege. Like you wouldn't mature far enough to be talked to in any like adult way. Anyways, go ahead and, and keep yeah. going. <laughs> Yeah, so she, they have this son, and there's this. The son ha, he has this beca- because I call them the, they're the white feminist party because the son likes to go to a fairy brothel and have sex with fairies. Uh, what even though his dad is the one who keeps the borders open and keeps letting the fairies in, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's illegal if you're gonna. It's not illegal, but it's very much looked down upon if you're gonna if you're gonna consort with them. Yeah. Uh, they don't have equal rights and you don't really he says he probably wants to he never really says he wants to let them vote or anything like that but that's what the opposition says like oh if we keep letting them in then they'll want us to vote mm. yeah it <laughs> so this is I, and i was talking to my girlfriend about this there's going to be an entire college course at some point about this time in history when every tv show seemed to reflect uh post donald trump's election because <laughs> i feel like i mean we saw it in bright we're seeing it in this um there's definitely other things i haven't mentioned it, it very much is attempting to reflect current you know political uh the, the way that that the politics is working out in this country right now um and it does it, it of, of everything that does this sort of thing it can be tiresome but it does not overburden the plot there are there are so many ways this show tackles things that are otherwise tiresome and i think to a point just it doing that so many times with so many different subjects is why i enjoyed watching it so much because typically this sort of thing is done really clumsily but so i mean you have uh you have that party and you have the opposing party who who want to make uh make fairy tale land great again <laughs> by closing by closing off the borders and locking and locking them up <laughs> yeah so yeah. for the for the most part until the very end of the season the mystery and the political intrigue are kept separate i figured out the connection by like episode six or seven mm-hmm. you know, episode six is when i sort of started to like get into it because uh the the mystery is there's this monster going around killing people seemingly indiscriminately. Yeah. The only connection they have is to Orlando Blooms. So the first person who dies, uh, not really a spoiler, but the first person who dies is his mother. Yeah. The next is this uh, this priest who who looked over the orphanage that he was raised at. Uh, the other one is the doctor who cared for him as a baby, mm-hmm. and he's he's investigating all these murders, but he's keeping the connections to him a secret because in episode three, we learn that Philo is a half fairy who had his wings clipped so he could pass as a human. Yeah, that was a really interesting development. I um, <laughs> The way these all connect, it, it really was really interesting. So, because th- they, they start out with, uh, Orlando Bloom kind of visiting I, I keep saying Orlando, Philo kind of bl- visiting all these areas and you're not really told at the very beginning what the connecting uh, portions are. I don't even think you know that that's his mom at the beginning do you? Nope. Yeah, so that part's kept secret but you're you're discovering with almost with him, even though he apparently already knows uh, that history and why that matters so much and then 
you're you start to realize that this is an allusion to people who are able to pass right this to me this is almost like an allusion to uh a person who looks like logic or something who is a black individual but is kind of able to to pass through the cracks in specific situations and not really get noticed for it but in a but to a point this is also showing the the fear that person must have on a daily basis every time they're interacting with someone they're risking being found out and being found out means a lot in this world i thought that was very cool e yeah um and yeah like they they explore the the identity of passing like it's it's a really complex metaphor there but yeah yeah they so as he unravels the secrets of this monster that starts to tie it into the political intrigue. And I don't want to get into it too much because we'll just spoil it. Everything Do you remember when he was about... jacked off by a witch? Yep. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> talk yeah, about, I... talk about scenes that are awkward to watch with another person. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get into it too much because if we go further, everything we've spoiled like the first four episodes, but sure. You sh- I think you should still watch it. I think overall, though, the mystery was really interesting. Like watching him solve it, the romance mm-hmm. is great. The the stuff with the puck and the and the daughter and the sister was great. The romance is the political. <laughs> the political intrigue was very very stupid, goofy, and bad up until the very end when they finally connected it. At which point, it barely worked. <laughs> and I'm so happy you're saying that. It so barely works. Yeah. Like, it it just makes enough sense. And <laughs> like I said, when I figured out the mystery, I'm like, okay, we know what's going on now. Who would have the motivation to do the things we know are happening? And I was like, okay, that person did it, and that's what's going to happen. So to be fair, for a cer- it, to a certain point, uh, no, not spoiling it, but you kind of, <laughs> you almost, see, you see at the beginning of uh, this person do something so fucked <laughs> like, yeah so incredibly it's, fucked it should that when be very it comes obvious out, yeah, yeah it's like oh okay it's it's got the only person an evil enough is this person yeah so <laughs> that's basically carnival row like i said uh i really liked it uh it's a very good passable fantasy show it's not game of thrones or anything mm-hmm. but this is a very good baseline for the sludge ma- for the sludge wave of fantasy shows we're going to get that aren't going to give as comes- much effort. <laughs> yeah. Anything that goes above Carnival Row, I will consider worthwhile watching. Anything below it, you can probably skip. Anything below Carnival Row will open with someone saying, "Don't fly or the lava ceiling will get you." <laughs> It'll <whatever>. open. <laughs> Sorry. Now I'm just thinking about it's what's gonna happen is is it's gonna come out whatever the show is the witcher the witcher is gonna start on netflix you're gonna see the netflix logo you're gonna see the logo for the witcher um and then uh, who's the henry cavill who's playing the witcher he's gonna walk out and he's gonna he's gonna be wearing a suit and tie he's not dressed up as the witcher and he's gonna look at you and say this is actually bright too and then he's gonna walk off screen <laughs> and then will smith and that troll are gonna come out and bright too is gonna start all that happens here is elves being rich and running the world. <laughs> Why are we going to Elf Town? 
That's a good question. Why are you going to Elf Town? <laughs> we have to find my son, Jaden. Oh, wait, wrong movie. <laughs> can my son be in this one? <laughs> can, he, can he be a troll or something? <laughs> All right. Well, that was, yeah, Con- that was Conor Uh If you haven't seen it, watch it. And then cancel your Amazon Prime subscription because they're a bad company. <laughs> yeah, you probably should. I, so I'm planning on canceling mine uh, before it renews in January, or I've already canceled it. One of the two. I don't know if you can cancel it and still have it for the remainder of your cycle. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you pay for a whole term, they have to give you the full term. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's already canceled, but I will have Amazon Prime for the next three months. So <laughs> I guess we'll be. Don't worry, reboot, Calvin. Re- what you're gonna get it when the Lord of the Rings show comes out. I will. Oh. Great! I get to watch the Lord of the Rings show. I can't fucking wait. I you love the Lord of the to Rings. Ju- you can subscribe to just the streaming service. So, like, you know, just get it for a month and watch it, and then don't, and then stop. <clears throat> oh, you can just get the streaming without the rest of it. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. I think it's it's like ten dollars. So, like, it's it's expensive, but actually, no, I think it's less than ten dollars. But you can buy just Prime Video if you want. Here's what'll happen. If we ever need to do a, a Prime show, I'll just do that. I'll just buy it for like a month, immediately cancel, and then just watch whatever Prime show it is. <laughs> yeah, that's how I watch most stuff. It's like, ooh, Billions, I've heard that's good. Buy Showtime for one month. Let's get through it. <laughs> All right. Wait, I, I think I have Showtime. I should watch Billions. One show I did really? watch. I, I So, Sam, I finally did it. I think I told you my plan about this uh, earlier on in the year. But as I'm a huge Young Justice fan, I watched it live when it came out, what, like five years ago now <laughs> or something, when it was first released. Uh, I watched the first two seasons, loved them. And the third season re- recently had a finale. Was that last week or the week before? Um, like, it was like two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. So when the finale came out, I officially signed up for DC Universe's free <laughs> trial <laughs> And then I am I am using that free trial to binge watch uh, Doom Patrol and the Young Justice season three, and I am loving both of them. Are you gonna finish it before the month's up? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> it's only seven days. <laughs> oh seven days! Jesus Christ! I'm gonna fucking finish. Don't, Sam. I am a man of a of a of a of a effort. I integrity. have. I got a free year. I got the year of it, so I'll not free year, but I have a year of it. So if you if you run out, I can just give you my password. What else is there to watch on DC? Uh, a couple of movies, uh, back catalog, all of Batman Beyond, Batman the Animated Series, Justice League <gasps> cartoon. They have Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Oh shit, that, that's actually really cool. Love the animated series. All right. Uh, do we have anything to plug, Sam? Um. Yeah. Um. Donate to Planned Parenthood. Oh, okay. They could yeah. use it. Yeah. You know what? Do you can they, have, yeah. they provide good services? Uh, great services for for people of all of all uh, creeds. Stop by, see if they can get you a a dollar fifty hot dog and a and a small soda. <laughs> that's just to get you in the door, though. <laughs> yeah, that's a loss. It's a loss leader. <laughs> they say, do you want a dollar fifty hot dog and a small soda, and uh, maybe an abortion? <laughs> like like on the side. <laughs> We'll throw it in. I got a coupon. <laughs> they don't just do abortions. They also have affordable birth control and STD checks. <laughs> you sound like a disappointed father. <laughs> disappointed woke dad. <laughs> disappointed fully woke. 
<laughs> All right. We'll see you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, I don't know what we're doing next week. You want to well, see the Downton? Should... You want to watch the Downton Abbey movie? <laughs> you know, is that if that's the only thing out? Um, in all honesty, I'll watch it. I'll watch it and review it with you if you want. It's that the new Rambo, which no, <sighs> uh, and the Brad Pitt in space movie. Oh shit! I saw a trailer for that. Like, I feel like a year ago, I saw a trailer for that. Is that finally out? Uh, yeah. What the fuck is it about? Um. Tommy Lee Jones went into space and disappeared, and now Brad Pitt has to go get him. Imagine, imagine being told to find someone in space. <laughs> like, hey, we lost someone in that, and that big thing that goes on maybe endlessly. Can you go find them? <laughs> it's like finding a needle in a haystack in a, another haystack. In another haystack, and then that haystack is in space. <laughs> <laughs> and then space is in a haystack. It's in another. Yeah, that's true. But the good thing is finding space. That's that's the easy part because you just gotta look in in the one haystack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything else past that a bit difficult. <laughs> All right. Anywho, we'll see you guys. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Right. Bye bye. Bye.